What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. I had on the program one of the best lifters in the world right now, Chad Penson in the 90-kilo weight class. Awesome interview with him. I've known Chad for quite a bit now. It's a long time coming having him on Two White Lights, and he delivered a fantastic interview. Actually, return to the interviews because we've been doing so much with the March Madness stuff, the covering of powerlifting. We haven't had a lifter on lifter interview uh, in a while, and this one did not disappoint. Uh, really, it was just two lifters talking about the sport, and that's really what I love doing about Two White Lights. Uh, he's a high-level competitor, can offer some great insight on things. We talked about him possibly being in that label of underrated lifters. Uh, he is definitely one of them. We talked a little bit about that, if he cares if he's underrated, why he thinks he's underrated. Uh, we also talk about his performance at the showdown where he totaled 2K in sleeves. Massive performance there, so he breaks it down a little bit. We also talk about the Kern U.S. Open, a meet that he has a good chance of winning. And that is going to be a really stacked meet. And he actually did a great job of kind of giving a light preview of the Kern uh, coming up. And we also discussed his lifter rating. We discussed... Word Association, we also had the return of Word Association with Chad. Uh, just overall, really awesome interview. Can't wait to have him on again sometime. But before we get into that, got to talk to you guys about Left Law Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leftlawbros.com. Make sure you are following them on Instagram. If you are a fan of Two White Lights and you do not follow Left Law Bros on Instagram, I don't know what the hell to tell you because you're missing out. You are missing out on some of the best merchandise in powerlifting right now. I keep on plugging their comp tees. Their comp tees are the best comp tees made by a powerlifting clothing brand. I guarantee you that. They look great. They have two designs for them. Black and gold, the cotton candy looking ones. I call them the Miami Vice looking ones. They got that and they also just have some great merchandise, some designs on their tees that you can wear out in public, you can wear in the gym, you can wear at a powerlifting meet. It is, you're not going to be disappointed if you get anything off leftlawbros.com. And you can get all that with a little bit of money saved if you use promo code 2WL15. The best powerlifting code out there right now. 2WL15, save 15% off of anything on leftlawbros.com. Also, they have two white lights merch there as well. That's right, you can only get the two white lights merch on leftlarbros.com and you can use that promo code 2WL15 on that stuff as well. If you're on leftlarbros.com, 2WL15 works for every single merch that they have on there. So make sure you are following them on Instagram and getting on that website. Also, go to rivalist.net and get yourself some informed choice supplements. Informed choice supplements are important. For all you drug-tested lifters out there, that label is important. That means there's no banned substances, and that is going to be important whenever you take that drug test at your meet. Use promo code ANGELO15 to save 15% off of your order on Rivalist.net. Also, go to Lift.net and get yourself some Stoic gear. Stoic gear, in my opinion, is the best gear in powerlifting. I wear it on the platform. I wear it in the gym. I don't use anything that's not Stoic gear, and you can get yourself some stoic gear as well if you go to lift.net use promo code angelo10 get 10 percent off of your order i love the wrist wraps the singlets the knee sleeves i only wear those and use that promo code angelo10 to save yourself some money also 
make sure you guys are following Notorious Lift on Instagram. We have a fantastic interview coming up with the Notorious Emperor himself, Joe Chow, a second time on the show. Terrific interview there, and no slip drip is a real thing. You want to deadlift well, but you also want to look good while you do it. Notorious Lift is going to help you do that with all of their different designs, their different color waves, all of that, and here's the important thing. You can't go on Notorious Lift and get whatever you want at all times. You have to be on those drops. That's why I'm telling you to follow them on Instagram and sign up for their newsletter because if you sign up, you're going to get the inside edge on their slippers, and if you have that information, you are not going to miss out on whatever design that is going to match your platform attire and your gym attire as well. So remember, sign up for that newsletter, get yourself some slippers, look good while you deadlift, and deadlift good while you're at it too. Sign up for the newsletter. I'm telling you guys right now, do not miss up on the drop because they sell out quick. We're talking about Arnold registration quick. We're talking about USAPL Raw Nationals quick. That's how quick these slippers go. So make sure you're on that. Also, we are available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Make sure you are following us on Spotify, subscribing on Apple Podcasts, and leave a five-star rating and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. All that helps, and of course, you can listen to Two White Lights on our website as well. And without further ado, here it is, Two White Lights. And as promised, I got with me one of the best 90 kilo lifters in the world. I have with me Chad Penson joining me Zoom on the West Coast. How you doing, my man? I'm good, bro. A little, a little tired, a little beat up, but feeling good. Yeah, I see you're back in the gym after you just came off the hybrid meet, which was what, like five, six weeks ago? Uh, yeah, I think it was right at four and a half weeks now. Four and a half, five weeks. Yeah, and this, yeah. based on that performance and all your past performances, this is a long time coming. Because you have been one of the best 90 kilo lifters in the world for a really long time, and... We finally got you on Two Eye Lights. I'm pretty happy about that. Yeah, man. First podcast, too. No shit. Yeah. Glad to, I'm glad to pop your cherry, man. Thanks. I'll be I'll be it's gentle. Yeah, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll be gentle. I'll be kind. I'll be respectful. Um, I'll be a good first suitor. But you have been bought up on Two Eye Lights before. We had the hybrid showdown recap, but also we had a Two Eye Lights topic of who are the most underrated lifters in powerlifting. And... Mm-hmm. There was a lot of people listening to that. That was actually a post that got like 200 comments. A lot of people commented their stuff. And you were mentioned in there, and I think it was you, Jawan Garrison, and Mikey D, who were getting like this serious amount of comments of who is the most underrated. Now, let me ask you this. Do you think yourself do you think yourself as underrated in the sport of powerlifting? Uh 
So when I hear that question, I think of it in a couple of different ways. It's like, okay, underrated as far as like, are you just well known throughout the general community? Um, I would say in that aspect, yeah. But um, to the people who I guess who I actually compete against who know me, the other actually you know top twenty thirty lifters, they know who I am. Um, I don't need to be known by ten fifteen thousand uh, just average gym goers. I mean, it's cool. Um, I always like to meet new people and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, when I go to a meet, it's not like, oh, I'm known by the whole everybody here. I, I, came, to, I came to hit a certain total. I came to hit these squats, the bench, the deadlifts. And it's in one, on one hand, it doesn't really matter. On the other hand, it's like it's cool when you have like a shit ton of followers and you can get sponsorships. Because that's on one hand, that's, that's what's holding me back getting probably more sponsors because, you know, you you want to have something to get, to offer your sponsors. You want to be able to go, oh, I can put your product in front of this many people. Mm-hmm. But um, so I'm held back in that aspect. But at the end of the day, underrated, not by my peers. I'll say that. I'll say that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Jawan. Yeah. You know, Jawan's the one's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> and he has like three thousand followers, but mm-hmm. every every actual top one eighty one or one ninety eight or Shit, even above and below, they they know who Jawan is. Mm-hmm. I might go ask somebody in the gym; they'll they'll be like, "Well, I don't know Jawan, but I know I know Russ Swole, or I know I know John Hag, or they might even know Brett Gibbs, uh, but they won't know Jawan." But he's a, he's the top one eighty one right right now. That I'm pretty sure. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we had this conversation before on Two White Lights of being a powerlifter's powerlifter. You know, where if you're in the sport of powerlifting, you know who lifters are. And I don't know, with you, I I mean, I've known you for a few years now. So I knew, and then, you know, we're in group chats together. And when I saw you in a group chat, I checked out your page. I'm like, holy shit, this dude's strong. You know, of course, go on open powerlifting. Check out your totals. Like, god damn, this guy's one of the best in the world. But really, if I actually talk to other powerlifters... I don't know if it's the USAPL thing, the IPF thing, and then going into different federations. I still don't think people recognize you as being one of the best lifters in the world right now and who's constantly breaking new barriers. Like, at the hybrid meet, you totaled 2K, and again, it's a meet with a lot of, it, it, it is a meet with a lot of stuff going on. You got Dan Bell, you got John Hack, you got a lot of shit going on uh, when that happens, but still... You're, you're talking about these mythical totals that people didn't think could be broken like a half a year ago or two years ago. And mm-hmm. you're you're doing it. So I still, I would, I would, because there's a lot of lifters who are called underrated so much that they're no longer underrated because so many people refer to them as underrated. Like if you're, yeah. if you get that label too many times, you're perfectly rated because people are acknowledging yeah. that you're great. So therefore the label is gone. I still think you're like the true underrated lifter in the sport of powerlifting because I don't think I think I, I know your peers know who you are, but I think like the grand scheme of powerlifters still don't really recognize how crazy your performances have been the past two years. Yeah, I could I could agree to that. <laughs> yeah. well, it's been a it's been a process at least. It's still getting there. Yeah, I agree with that. But here comes the next question. Do you care? Like, there's lifters who care, and there's lifters who really don't. And you can sometimes tell who's, you know, 
feeding you a line of shit, right? Like, they say they don't care, but you know it kind of eats at them. Uh, like, for you, is it like, you know, I would like to get more credit for doing something crazy. I'm going to be completely honest. If I was totaling 2K and 90, I would be like, yeah, give me the goddamn credit I deserved, you guys. Um, I'd be lying if I said it didn't bother me a little bit. Because I, I definitely kind of feel uh, like my performances get overshadowed by other things. Because, uh, you know, I go to big meets. So there's always going to be other people that are that are there that that people are there to watch. Like uh, let's say Hyber, for example, there was uh, Jamal Browner. You know, everybody wants to see him deadlift mm-hmm. huge weight. There's Dan Bell. Everybody wants to see him squat a thousand plus pounds. There's John Hack. You know, everybody wants to see him lift everything because he's done it all three lifts. Um, and they always have good performances. Um, so I think um, with myself, even though I put up two K. Um, about a, probably about 100 pounds behind, behind John at that meet. So it was overshadowed a little bit. And I, but I think at that point, I actually got some of the credit I deserved. But um, on a day-to-day training basis, I don't get the reposts and the shares as like some of the other guys. But it doesn't really bother me on, on the grand scheme of things as long as my meets come together. Mm-hmm. But it does eat at me a little bit because I'm like, okay, I, I get it. Everybody, everybody sees these people already, but on the one hand, it's like I'm I'm here, I'm doing my work, I put my total together. That that's my reward. Mm-hmm. The the Instagram clout is cool. Uh, it helps you get sponsors and things like that. But yeah, I it's not. So yeah, it's cool to get the Instagram clout and to really have all the followers and stuff. But uh, that's really the only thing I guess I'm, I'm missing. But at the end of the day, I'm putting my total together. It meets the Instagram is it's growing, but. I'm in no big hurry. It's not killing me. Yeah. Yeah. And I I think it's good to get that honesty out because I think a lot of lifters in your scenario would give the cliche answer of, no, I don't care. Like, it's all about powerlifting. It's all about the total on the thing. But yeah, if you're a competitor, you still want to be acknowledged or at least respected by either your peers or fans, fans in the sport. Like, this is actually a sport that's accumulating a fan base, right? We have, we have bit, I mean, I've, I know in the USAPL side of things, there's huge fan bases for certain lifters. Lifters who are not as good as you. I actually, if I'm going to be completely honest, I myself am that person. (laughs) Like, if I look at, like, you know, what I do at 83 compared to you, I have the gimmicks and shit and all the stupid shit that people do, but, like, and that gets reposted, that gets you you, your popular shit, but then you, you're just, you're you're trying... (laughs) to you're trying to keep up with one of the goats in powerlifting and doing a damn good job of that but that gets forgotten because you don't have like a little cute gimmick you don't you don't get off the bench a certain way or you don't throw your belt after a deadlift or you don't clap your hands i don't have i don't have the flair that you have no man but you had a crazy ass deadlift for one you know like god damn I, I keep waiting on the day that you out deadlift me in a comp i'm just like uh oh, what'd you just do 760 yeah RPE like five after mm. your last meet. Yeah. And I just about died with 793 at hybrid. So you're right behind me as far as deadlifts go. <laughs> I don't know. The, the 793 looked good though. And I and I do like seeing your progress <laughs> as far as just what you're doing meet to meet. So actually, you know what? Take me through that hybrid meet. Let's like, this will work backwards here because we're going to talk about the next meet you're going to do, which is quite the big meet. But hybrid, I think, is a unique meet for a lot of people, especially you, because 
I know that was that was your first week back in a little bit because we have yeah. the Corona shit going on, so you have to have a big layoff, and then you go on hybrid and just murder it. So take me through that meet. So hybrid actually didn't go anywhere near as planned. <laughs> uh, I had a small um, mishap with my uh, left bicep. On like my last big squat, so I, I don't know if everybody remembers it, but I hit like a big seven twenty five double squats, um, like three weeks out or something like that. And I had I went a little too too close in on my grip, so I squat a little wider, so it, it fucked my bicep and my, my elbow tendon up a little bit. I got some crazy uh, tendonitis going on, and I actually the four seventy five bench. Uh, on my week that I was going to hit singles. I didn't do my last week of squats. I plan to do 740 to 760 for a single. I plan on doing 515 for a single on bench. And I had already finished my deadlifts, which was, uh, I think I did 805 at a Pitbull's gym. Mm-hmm. So that with all that, I had planned about a close to a 2100 tra- training total where I had planned. And I didn't do any of that because I jacked my elbow up. So I went into the meet, didn't do, and pretty much didn't do my last week of training. And I was like, all right, well, let's just see what I got in my warm-ups. And uh, squats went fine. I just went a little wider on my on my setup. It was a little bit slow, so I took smaller jumps. Mm-hmm. Ended up with the 744. Um, not, I wasn't mad at that. That was pretty much around where I wanted. I wanted 760 when I was feeling good, but 744 was around the minimum I wanted on squats. Um, I had a friendly competition with John. I always want to out squat John because the only list I got on him right now. <laughs> so I was like, I gotta at least I gotta at least do something better than John, you know. Um and then uh, on the bench I was warming up and I was talking to Andy in the back and uh, he was doing my handoffs and I was I know I was nervous because I like I said I had just dropped four seventy four I think on my chest. I got it stapled me like two weeks before that like a week and a half before that. So uh and I think my opener was right around 460, I think 460-ish, 470. Mm-hmm. So I was a little nervous. Uh, but warming up, everything everything felt fine. And I hit my opener, no problem. Went for my second, I think it was 496, if I'm not mistaken. And it, it felt okay, but <laughs> my back cramped like crazy. Yeah. And also started to feel a little bit in the elbow. So went for a small 501. But the, when your back cramps don't bench, you have to fight a little bit harder, man. It really... That lift wears you out a lot more, so I definitely didn't have it in me to get that 501. And my elbow was not agreeing with me either. So, but by then I was like, screw it. Deadlifts went fine. I was warming up. Things felt a little slow, but everything was fine. I got my opener like 760, I think 766 or something like that is what I opened with. Mm-hmm. And I only, I only really wanted one more pull to just secure. I already had my 2K total. So I was like, okay, this is all I came for. I knew I wasn't going to get close to 21 like I wanted. I wanted to get close to 21 originally. Uh-huh. Um, so at that point, I talked to my uh, one of my death, death for honor teammates, Ransom Lee, and I had him pick my second. <laughs> uh, I didn't care what it was. I was like, just just throw a number out there. He threw out 793. And it moved fine, but I tore my hand on it. So I was like, all right, cool. I got a little extra padding to the 2K total, and I just called it there. Yeah, I probably could have did 804 that day. Actually, I know I could have did 804 that day for my second, but um, I definitely wouldn't have pulled anything more after that to do my hand tearing. But all in all, uh, seven for eight for the day. Uh, not a bad performance. Not not what I wanted, but I got I totaled over 2K. Uh, hit all my squats. 
and I didn't didn't shit the bed on deadlift. So mm-hmm. I'm, I wasn't mad at it. Yeah, I mean, I would not be mad at a meet that you're not 100 percent and so totally two can't sleeves. Um, and it's, it's crazy that we're talking about it in this way because 2k in sleeves at 93 or at 90 kilos, again, if you just take it back, if you rewind it a year, it's ridiculous. It's something that no matter what federation you're in, it was something that we didn't think could be touched until heck goes and does it. So, and, and again, with what you said, there's still room to grow from there and it's, Reason to get excited for your next meet because you got the Kern and of course highly publicized meet, huge meet, massive competitors going, but it's an added element. You get wraps in there too. So yes, sir. What, what are your what are your plans for Kern uh, for as far as total goes and what do you want to accomplish there? <laughs> uh, so with wraps, I don't I don't usually train a lot in wraps until the Kern comes around. Um, so it's hard for me to like pinpoint where my squat usually is. And I'm a cheater. I'm going to use the motto. I'm not walking out shit <laughs> because it, there's money on the line. So it's not a pride thing for me to walk out. I don't walk out if there's not a motto. I don't have a problem with that. Like I did the first current I did. But um, so I'm using the motto, um, using the wraps. I squat water in wraps. I use my leverages to my advantage. Uh, I'm the same sumo. So I get, a, I get a pretty good boost out of wraps. Even though I don't practice them that practice them that often, uh-huh. so I just hit an easy eight oh four about two weeks ago. I got a big double plan uh, this weekend. I'm actually squatting with John and Andy this weekend again. Nice. Um, so that so I got a big double plan. It's over eight hundred, um, and if that goes well, I'll be going for a little bit under nine hundred at the current. I'm close to it. But I do want to break the all-time world record squat traps. That's the goal. That's one of the goals. And also plan to smash, just completely obliterate the total. Mm-hmm. Um, which for me personally, uh, I will will not be legitimate unless I also beat John in sleeves. I just think it is totally disrespectful that that man will have a higher total in sleeves than the rap world record, which he currently does. And I will not stand for that <laughs> being a thing. So, it's a matter of pride for me that even if I beat the total, which I plan to do with my my openers, that I have to beat him too, or I'm just not going to claim that as a world record total. I just won't. I won't put it in my bio. I'm not going to tell people that shit because to me, that's that's trash. You, if somebody else did it and they said I got the world record total in this, that's fine. John beat it in sleeves, so you're not the best, really, to me. And I think that's. <laughs> That's a matter of pride for me. So even if I beat it, if I don't beat John at the same time, I'm not claiming that shit. Yeah. I'll claim the total, but I won't call that world record total. That's bullshit. Yeah, I agree. I'll call that my hot take. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I would actually be surprised if anyone disagrees with you on that. Uh, that's a... Uh, I, I think powerlifters... I mean, maybe if you're in those backyard SPF-type meets where they, they, uh, they love... To give you those, they they love to talk about their all time world records at those type of meets. Uh, it might be a little bit different, but uh, yeah, I think I think when you're serious about it and you know the sport, you can't really call an all time world record total. But 
here's what I'm looking at right now. I'm looking at the current U.S. Open. I'm looking at you going in John Hack. You're going to be in wraps. You yourself said, and I mean, that's the case for every lifter who is proficient in raw and in wraps that they're going to put more on their total. So what do you, what, how do you feel about people going into that meet thinking that Hack is this kind of have a cakewalk and best overall lifter when you're all going to be your your totals are all going to be equal. It's going to be who has the best dots or wilks, whatever they use at the current. I believe it's dots, right? Uh, current's wilks. Wilks. Yeah. Uh, showdown will be in dots, though. Oh god, we man, I this is <laughs> why this is why I really liked other federations because they didn't skip between all the other formulas like the USAPL and IPF does because yeah. we had wilks, we had IPF score for like three days. And then we have good that. lift that points, and you know now I'm waiting for the next formula. I'm just waiting for a formula that makes me the best overall lifter. That's all I'm really hoping for that they make one just for me, <laughs> just for me specifically. But all right, so I guess that one's Wilkes, which I guess it's all, it's all one and the same. But all your Wilkes are going to be equal. It's not based on raw, raw with wraps. It's all going to be within the same division. So. Yep. How do you like? Do do you feel at this point like a little disrespected because you have a chance to actually take hack because you're in this you're in wraps now? Um, I I will say I, I don't feel completely disrespected. I do feel like this is going to lead into probably a can of worms later, <laughs> but uh, I do feel like the fan base of certain lifters don't really know a lot about other lifters in the sport. They kind of feel like they fixate on one person and they, you know, go too hard with it. Uh And that kind of makes them blind to other factors. Um, Now, I will say on on one hand, too, like people don't know how much I can squat wraps. Um, I don't even fucking know how much I can squat in wraps, Max Effort. So that's one thing. Right now I'm speculating, and that's on my part. I'm speculating. I don't know. I don't know where I'll end up. On a good day, I think I'll end up, like I said, close to you know the upper eights. Um, so with that type of with that type of curve in wraps, then um, I think I can definitely at least make John have to you know feel like he's got competition for a change. I don't know what it's what it's felt like for John to just walk into a meet. He can hit all his planned numbers, and there's no pressure. Um, most of my career, when I'm when I'm actually competing with people, I have to go in. I'm like, okay, I have to make smarter attempts. If I if I mess this attempt up, you know, I might lose based off wilts. So I might lose the total. You know, there's money on the line. Just like uh, a couple years ago, I had to pull for the win at Boston Bosses, but I had to drop my attempt to make sure I got it, and they cost me my first two K total in reps because I had to make sure I got it. Otherwise, you know, do I want to win money or do I want my two K total? Uh-huh. Well, I just spent a shit ton of money, so I kind of wanted my money back. <laughs> yeah. Um, so with that being said, I don't really feel disrespected. I just feel like people don't really know. Ignorance is bliss in a lot of things, um, but it kind of makes me think like, okay, people open their mouth too too wide and speak about things that they don't really know about. But the community for a certain fan bases is so big. There's like, yeah, you know, John's gonna kick everybody's ass. And then it's like, okay, drag. Do you guys not know Dan Bell just had a 636 fucking Wilkes in wraps at the hybrid? Mm-hmm. I crunched all the numbers. It would I would have to squat like over 900 almost to beat Dan. And that's assuming he didn't put any any other weight on his fucking total. Hey, he hit the same exact number. So I'm kind of hoping, you know, Dan misses a bench somewhere or something. <laughs> <laughs> and 
it gives me a chance, you know, to kind of take that overall. But um, no, just just kidding. Dan's his own teammate too, so I, I hope he has a great day, and I hope he actually improves his total. Um, that six thirty six Wilkes is insane. I think the only other person in total a Wilkes higher than that apparently is Yuri Belkin. You know, you know what you need to do for Dan. You have to somehow make it where he only gets two deadlift attempts because that second deadlift attempt, I don't know what's going like. He just tends to lose balance on every second deadlift attempt and then ma- smashes his third, which is a very difficult thing to do, but you have to find a way. Well, I watched him do you have to like I talk to him and shit. Yeah. You have to talk to him or something like get him distracted. Give him some Coors Light. Give him like, Hey, have a beer <laughs> with me really quick. Have a beer and cigar with me really quick, and then make him time out for his third attempt. Yeah, I gotta do something, man. But but yeah, so John six, I think six eighteen at at hybrid was his Wilkes, and granted that was with like missing his third deadlift with like four hundred point five. Mm-hmm. So if he got it, he would have had about a six twenty five, I think. Mm-hmm. So the gap here is like okay for the, to beat the top two almost guaranteed people that you gotta have a a 620-plus Wilkes just to compete. And that's saying they 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 don't have a good day, you know. If they have their best day, you're looking at 630s-plus to be in the top three. Yeah. Um, and there, the, the lineup's pretty pretty nasty. There's a pretty nasty lineup there. You got some pretty bad guys coming up here to compete. And these are, even still, I think these are the two top guys to beat, mm-hmm. Wilkes-wise. And Dan is sitting on the throne. He's the Wilkes king right now. Uh, with Yuri Belkin sitting over and, you know, stuck without uh, being able to get overseas right now because of the whole COVID thing, it's it's Dan's ball game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And me and John are coming to play. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I, I agree with you. And I think that is something that happens in powerlifting quite often. And actually, I don't know, because I'm trying to compare the two from my Fed to your Fed. And how many people really acknowledge other lifters within weight classes or even the grand scheme of things. And occasionally I think that like the, uh, the USAP on IPF actually sometimes does a better job because of the weight classes. People really focus on the weight classes and in WRPF USPA, it's more best overall lifter. And I think yeah. that's what really, that's, that's a real difference I see with just covering meets in general. So when I cover meets for, the USAPL and IPF, we always break it down by weight class. It's always that's a weight a, that's class. It's easy to tell you why, though, because the and I'll, I'll be completely blatantly honest. That's because the competition in weight classes is higher in the uh, IPF USAPL. Mm-hmm. There's more condensed competition now. On the, in my opinion, anybody can agree disagree. That's fine. Uh, that's kind of how I see it. I don't keep up with every lifter like I kind of wish I did. I don't have time to. But that's how I look at the USAPL. Now, when it goes over to WRPF, USPA, tested or untested, the competition just isn't as condensed per weight class. You have your top one or two guys, and they're the monsters. You know, mm-hmm. like Jawan. I I don't want to disrespect anybody one eighty ones, but I, I can't think of anybody who's close. No, on the untested side, I can't. I can't think of anybody within 50, 60, 70 pounds who who can give him a push. Um, when I mean, you look at 198s, there's there's John, and then there's me, and even me sitting. I'm I think I have the third highest total in history behind him and Jesse Norris, and he still has out totaled me by by a hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I, you know, I, I've had a lot of injuries, haven't been able to train as much this past year. 
I'm not going to give you bullshit excuses. That's a big ass gap. Yeah. And I hope, hopefully I can close it by the showdown and get him to run for his money and get my squats somewhere close to my rap squat. But the disparity in weight classes on the USPA, WRPF, whatever known IPF side is much. I'm looking at raw nets because there's always a rivalry somewhere. I might not even know all the guys, but their push, their strategy. These guys have to pull for the win. They have to they have to make small and smart uh, attempts, jump mm-hmm. selections. That they, their strategy involved. We can go USPA, WRPF, man. We can go in there and wipe the floor in our competition and just have to worry about okay, well, shit. What do I need to pull to beat this dude at 220 or this this smaller guy 165 to make sure he doesn't outlook me? And if it's a two-day event, that'd be really screwed because, shit, did, I, did, did, a, did a small guy outlift me and I didn't know it? Did, I, did they have the results still up? Do I have to come watch that meet to see? Like, uh, I know they're spitting the current up. Like, you got guys like, you know, uh, Gerald Deone and Tiny and Tough Feet. I'm not sleeping on him. The dude, the dude's strong. I just saw him, I saw him pull 725 right before the hybrid showdown mm-hmm. at 148. Yeah. If he pulls together a total like that, he can pull something. He can pull a six hundred plus whips out too. Yeah, yeah. So, Wait, are they separating it with the uh, lightweight and heavyweight uh, again? The schedule, they, they shit. They just posted the schedule a couple of days ago. Yeah, I, know, I know the schedule, I but as far as like the the prize money goes, is it? Because I thought that now this is an assumption. Don't I thought they did lightweight and like heavyweight as far as like they separate the cash prizes. Uh, they did that like I think the first couple of kerns or like the second or third kern. They they didn't they are splitting it up this year. Oh, that, that, that is then it's, really twenty five k to number one period. Whew. Yeah, yeah, that's so. There's three. They're placing three. It's five to five k to third place, ten k to second, and then twenty five to first place. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that first place is somebody's. That's damn near a salary right there. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. So that, that's. And that's what kind of fuels people to make stupid ass junk decisions, but yeah. Well, I'm curious to see if like USAP. I mean, you know, they they're the, the talk of the Sheffield, and I, that's what I want to see happens. If that would happen in like the IPF and USAPL, if you start seeing like some crazy attempt selections, if there's money on the line, because within the USAPL, there the Arnold is the biggest cash meet that you're gonna get, and that's like two K or that's like one K for the best overall lifter. Um, for the pro American and it's separated pro American, the raw pro, and then the grand prix. That's all like, they give out a lot of money actually, cause they spread it so often, but they spread it so evenly, but like, you know, it's, it's not the worst thing if you miss out on a K it's not like that really just covers yeah, your right. travel expenses. So that's it. And people are like, yeah, whatever. Like yeah, if there's only like 500 bucks on the line or a thousand, it's like, okay, I'm not going to. I'm not gonna tear some shit for that, but if I can win ten thousand dollars or more, like mm-hmm. okay, you got my attention. I might, I might try to pull an extra ten kilos. You know, I might try to, I might do something a little, a little wild on my third squat. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the pressure that kind of gets in people's head at big meets like the Kern, uh, even the Hybrid Showdown, or especially with the Showdown, the Showdown meet coming up as well. Like I, I expect to see. Some interesting attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I try not to do that. Like I usually have my attempt selection lined up, and on my best day, this is what I want to hit, and, and this is my minimums, and that's usually how it plays out for me. Money or not, uh, it, that's usually how I like to do it. 
I have a I have a high, I have a low. I even do my training that way. If things feel good, it's kind of not really RPE based. It's kind of just auto regulating, but pushing myself a little bit. Um, I even do some of my clients that way. But when it comes down to those meets, I think it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the guys who crossed over from the US uh, the USAPL in the show now. I think that'll be interesting to see how it affects their gameplay, especially with the different bars as well. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah, I am, I'm very curious to see that, too, because... And also, I think the biggest factor for that, for the USAPL guys coming in, is a 24-hour weigh-in. That's going to be a game-changer. Yeah, that's going to be really big. When you I want to really see how that goes. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Noriega's a guy, which, you know, love Noriega, but in, in reality, it's only going to be, like, him and Jawan Garrison battling for each other. I think it's a pipe dream mm-hmm. for Noriega to be like, yeah, I'm going to win showdown. Like, I... I would I would assume that he doesn't have that goal in mind, but he's a guy who actually understands how to weight cut. He can manipulate that with twenty four hours. But then Ashton Rouska yeah. too is like he was destroying people in ninety three kilos in the USAPL, um, and he's a small one hundred five kilo lifter. So with a weight cut twenty four hours, you might see something stupid from him. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see. Uh, See, definitely those two guys compete at the showdown, but you brought up something pretty interesting when uh, we were discussing the Kern, and that's fan bases. And I think you're in a unique position because I don't think there's anyone in the sport of powerlifting who is constantly going to have the task of going against arguably the most popular lifter in the, in powerlifting. We can debate on that, who's the most popular lifter in powerlifting but also one of the best lifters of all time yeah he's getting he's already you know he's starting to get the actual greatest of all time label being attached to him because of what he's done so uh, that that's a huge factor that goes into uh people who are covering the kern watching the kern is just that massive John Hack fan base. He's got a unique fan base too, because he's, he's he's stolen a lot of guys from USAPL and IPF uh, with him along the way. Yeah, John's got some interesting fans for sure. Uh, just his comment section sometimes really cracks me up. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, I... <laughs> without going into it too much, man, the the, the dude. If anybody deserves their notoriety for the sport right now, it's it's John. Um, it's it's John for sure. He he's got the you know he's got the resume for it. Mm-hmm. The guy he went over, he won IPF Worlds. He came over, now he's won the Hybrid Showdown. Um, and all I mean, he's, all he's got left really is, is the current. Do I think he's gonna win this year? I don't know. I don't. I'm not gonna say he, he's gonna lose. But I'm also definitely not going to say he's got a guaranteed spot, and I, and I think he actually knows that. Oh yeah, that's like me saying I'm definitely going to win. No, I'm definitely not going to win. I'm I have a chance. He has a chance, and Dan Bell has the biggest chance, mm-hmm. um, statistically speaking. Uh, and for me myself personally, it's more uh, speculation saying I have a chance. I can be honest with myself and say that too, because honestly. With my training right now, it depends on my squat. If my squat isn't where it needs to be, like if I can't break through the world record squat, I don't have a chance in winning. <laughs> yeah. That's 
that's how I've already stacked the numbers up. I definitely don't have a chance in hell of beating Dan Bell if I can't break what's the uh, I think it's eight sixty six squat is the world record is what I would need to break the world record squat in one ninety eight. Um, for John, he would need he needs to break a thousand kilos total to uh, have a shot at beating Dan. And basically, basically say we both we both need to beat to break over a thousand kilos, and whoever between us has the biggest over 1K, one k, one thousand kilo total is the one who has the best shot at beating Dan. And I'm not trying to discredit anybody else that's competing, but these are the two people who need to be beat. <laughs> yeah, and I think if anybody disagrees with that, then they're I think they're sadly mistaken. Well, they haven't competed in a long time, and I haven't seen their numbers. Yeah, I would agree with you on that one. I mean, it's ridiculous that we're talking about 90 kilo, 198 guys possibly getting over that 1,000 kilo total. It's it's ridiculous that this is a conversation right now, but it's, it's a very real possibility, especially with you and Hack doing it. Um, I would actually credit a lot of this, like, USAPL fanboys ruining shit again for uh, even on the WRPF side because I think um, – because I think – if you ask the the casual observer of powerlifting or just the person who is on the USAPL and IPF side and they're watching the current, they're watching because of John Hack, and they just don't acknowledge Dan Bell because he's never been a USAPL guy. It's like the USAPL yeah, fanboys ruining shit again. It's like it always roots back to like how annoying <laughs> the, USA, the USAPL is. Um, and it's funny because I get the label of being an elitist sometimes, but I often could just point to like, yeah, sorry, this is the USAPL rooting shit for you guys again. Uh, sorry, sorry yeah, guys. It comes with the territory, man. That's where you want to be. <laughs> I'm not knocking you. I, I was in the USAPL once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a... We all stay, we all leave for our own reasons. And yeah, that's uh, that's a great place to start, you know. No matter where your your journey ends up in powerlifting, I still say to so many people, like, start in the USAPL. I don't care what your future is, but start in the USAPL. And if you don't believe me, there's you an example. There's Jamal Browner as an example. There's John Hack as an example. There's Yuri Belkin as an example. Like, you're talking about the best. I mean, there's Ed, Ed Cohen was an IPF lifter at a point. There's examples yeah. of guys who started off their careers in that realm and then graduated into, and then there, and all those guys I mentioned are arguably the greatest powerlifters of all time. There's some guys who stayed in it, but it's like, no matter where your journey ends up, I would still, that's my hot take. My hot take is no matter where your journey ends up in powerlifting, WRPF, USPA, whatever, your journey should probably start in the USAPL. No, I'm going to piss okay. off some people saying that, but that is, that is my hot take, and I will die by that take. Start off in the USAPL and see where it goes. I think that's a worthy opinion, and I. But as a so, I'm gonna, I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. As a coach, I will say, and this is double sided because I also I, will, I still agree with what you said. But as a as a coach, if I just need somebody who needs meat experience, I will, and I also from experience myself, because there's at some points I was trying to compete, and there just weren't any USAPL meets around. And that's honestly how I ended up not in the in the USAPL the first time. I was stationed in New Mexico, and there wasn't shit USAPL-based out there. And it, it pissed me off. It was like, oh, travel to fucking Arizona. I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm a B3. I'm poor as fuck. Dude, I can't travel to 
over the fuck there. In a small hotel. But, so I don't say it's based off circumstance. Yeah. Uh, if there's no USAPL meets, then sure, fuck it. I even went to, I think it was 100% Ball was my fan for a while because that's all I had access to. Um, and they didn't even allow knee sleeves at first. Crazy. Um, so I spent a little time there. I even did some NASA meets. Uh, that was fun. <laughs> I'm a grand national champion. You guys well, better recognize. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what's funny, though? I say that. That's my hot take. And my journey didn't start in the USAPL. See, where did you start it? APF. For the same reasons you just said. That's actually technically my first meet. It's just not documented. I walked into uh, my base gym. They were having an APF meet. I just kind of signed up on the spot. I didn't even total 1,000 pounds. It was awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like that was... uh, Yeah, for me... It hooked me. I was hooked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I mean... It would have been great if USAPL was around me, but it wasn't. It just it flat out wasn't. APF was more local. I got into it. Yeah. Um, I and yeah, I mean, I, I say that as my hot take, but uh, I have I, I don't even live by my own hot take. I started out APF, and I had to go and search out the USAPL. I had to really actually venture out. You know, first USAPL meet I had to go to Chicago. Um, it's it's still you know thirty minutes away, but whenever, whenever you go to city to do anything. It's you know, still a headache, but then if you're doing raw nationals, you got to travel out for that. The meets that I've been doing recently, I have to drive out there and do them because there's not a whole lot of local USAPL meets in Illinois. So yeah, you're absolutely right about that. Is it circumstance? But I guess I could rephrase it and go lift at USAPL standards. That's okay. important because I that. that's. I mean, I was luckily doing that. I was squatting to depth. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess I was using a deadlift bar, uh, probably incorrectly, but I was using it. So, it's uh, so even starting the deadlift bar. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was the only time I used a deadlift bar, though. I would use a yeah. stiff bar in the gym because you know most commercial gyms don't have deadlift bars, and the only time I would lift with a deadlift bar was on the platform. So I was probably I was probably just misusing the shit out of the deadlift bar. Didn't probably understand slack pull. Probably was just yanking the bar up as quick, like as hard as I can. And I was probably happy because I'm like, this is easier to grip than the the, the bars at export. Yeah, man. I I think I think what you said about lifting to the standard is that's probably the most important. Um, because honestly, until I don't think. I don't think people should have to travel for meets if they don't want to mm-hmm. um, until they get to a certain level. Which might be your first meet because travel adds more stress. It's more expensive. And powerlifting is an extremely accessible sport. You don't need a lot of money to get into powerlifting. You, you don't even need to have a belt to go to your meet. You just need a singlet, some long-ass socks. <laughs> and you don't need underwear. You don't have to have underwear on. Just don't mm-hmm. fucking wear any. You know, and, and boom, you, you're equipped. Go out there and have some shoes on. Doesn't matter what fucking shoes, just have some shoes on, and and go. Um, you can become an equipment and gear whore later, but it's an extremely accessible sport. It's the first meet is fun. Like, all every time I get a new client, it's like, when should I do a meet? I'm like, just pick one. Give me a, if it's your first meet. I don't even need to run you through a meet trip. I would like to, but if you just want to do a meet, that is. I think it's great to just go get the experience. There's no stress. There's there's just fun. Mm-hmm. I, I I firmly believe that your first meet, first couple meets even, don't need to be about 
putting up crazy numbers. You just need to be get the experience, have some fun, meet people, learn the process because the platform and the, the warm up area can be a, a disaster. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's still a disaster. I go back in the warm up areas now. I'm just like, what the fuck? Where do I warm up at? I, I find somebody who I know is around the same strength level as me or stronger. That's where I'm going, and. That's how you have to do it. And I tell people, just jump in there, man. You just got to get in there. Otherwise, you're going to get left behind. It's, it's chaos. Yeah. It's, a, it's a beautiful chaos sometimes. Um, it's usually more beautiful than USAPO meets. I'll admit that. They usually have a lot better standards in the warm-up area for some meets. I've gone to some ghetto-ass meets, man, where I had to warm up on a power bar because they stole the, the squat bar from me so they could put on the platform. Yeah. They had one, they had one squat bar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like... Dude, I'm, I'm trying to warm up to 700 pounds. You got me on a, on a power bar. All right. That's cool. Yeah. But, um, yeah, man, just go. Have fun. Compete to the standard. If you're going to compete to the standard, make it, make it IPF standard. I firmly believe that if you can't pass IPF standards, then... Because that's, that's, every rule book literally is, is around the same wording. It yeah. puts below the knee. And that's usually everybody's issue. They can't fucking squat to death. Mm-hmm. And... Okay, some judges are a little harder than others, but if to, if you can't get your damn hip crease below the knee, then you need to go back to the gym and work on simple shit like opening your damn hips up. Yeah, and, and to get your ass down. Yeah, open that tape, uh, Ed Cohen. But yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah, I agree. And I think once you have, once you lift to the standard, like you have been doing, like so many of the other lifters I just mentioned been doing, then their arc in the sport is so much better, and their progress in the sport is so much better because. They've always been doing Makes the right things. Easier, man. Consistency is like the biggest driver in powerlifting. That's like the because yeah, I mean, I'm sure you get it too when people are asking for advice on Instagram, like the yeah. shitty question of how do you get better at powerlifting or how do you get stronger or how do you get better at deadlift? Uh, like okay, that's hey like, dude, one question. be less vague, but two here's I mean, but the I mean, simple questions require simple responses. Be consistent. Like, do the right things on deadlift often, and you will get better at deadlift. Now, if you're going to ask me, what are the right things to do on deadlift, your question just got a whole lot better than how to get better at deadlifting. But I'm going to tell you, be consistent, do the right things often, and you will get better at the sport. That's That applies for every single thing. Want to get better at powerlifting? Be consistent, do the right things, and you will progressively get better as you get you know further along in the sport. Yeah, consistency over time, building the good habits. You put in the work over 10 years, you'll be at the top. Yeah. Um, like, I've been doing this for 10 years. 10, 10 years. 28. I started this shit when I was 18. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Back when everybody's got their news from Powerlifting to Watch and what's the other thing? Oh, bodybuilding.com. Yeah. Yeah, the forms. the forms. The forms. I remember reading, I think I, it was Arian. I didn't even get on the forms. forms. What's up? I think Arian that does uh I can't confirm it because I'm not sure, but Arian who does the uh King List podcast with uh with Six Pack, I'm pretty sure I used to read his posts in bodybuilding.com on the forums. Yeah. It was I think his username was Arian Tank or something like that. I don't know if it was him, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Too. Could it could have very yeah, it could very well have been him. I mean, the funny thing is I was on bodybuilding.com forums all the time and I never even went to the powerlifting section. It, it was a wild place. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I, I, I was on the uh, new cur- I mean, I was, uh, when I started like my fitness thing, it wasn't with powerlifting at all. It was, uh, it was, it was bodybuilding. I didn't compete or anything. I just wanted to get jacked and shit. And I went to power. I mean, 
picked up some good things. Like there of everything, all the information that was on bodybuilding.com forms, there was like 10% of it was good. The rest was yeah. just angry bullshit. <laughs> that that's a solid that's a solid point. <laughs> I mean it honestly, it's like that in any public forum, if that's what you're gonna get. You have to and I think that's why Instagram became popular because you you can see who knows Facebook groups, those are just toxic, but they're entertaining. Um and like bodybuilding.com, you have people just spewing bullshit. There's toxic masculinity abounds, especially in Facebook groups now. You post a girl that does an arch intervention, oh my god. It's, oh it's like Armageddon. Dude. It's it's hell on earth. Dude, on Twitter. I actually we did a show on this. If you guys want to check it out with Sam Brainham. Um we I had her on the show just because of this. She posted her bench on Twitter. And oh, you know, fucking Twitter's I don't know. I'm on Twitter and really it's just so I could get like some sports takes like it's easy to follow sports on twitter like yeah. so whatever like i'm not even i'm not even I'm, i don't even know if powerlifting twitter's a thing you know what i'm saying uh but he posted her bench on there and it was the worst line of comment like just incredibly mean comments and it wasn't like this person was bragging like yo check out this bench had his fucking bench 200 it was a regular bench that she was like, start posting like a video. Yeah, it was like it was a video. It was like here's a one hundred, here's a hundred and fifteen pound bench for five reps. It wasn't anything like an all time world record, dude. The comments from men and women. It wasn't like just a men thing. It was men and women were being so hilariously mean and crazy. And then that's what made me think. I'm like, oh shit, powerlifting is uh, is not. It, it, a lot of people are out of touch with our sport. So I'm like, maybe we should stay yeah, off Twitter. Weird. And with Facebook, this fucking guy I used to work out with, uh, he added me to this Facebook group. Um, and I'm like, oh, cool. He said it was a bodybuilding group. I'm like, okay. He's like, they have a lot of information. They're good. So I get on it. And it was just pretty much advice on how to take steroids. And I was like, dude, why did you add me to this fucking steroid page? Like, what? What I, I'm like, they don't give me any workout advice. It's pretty much just what steroids are. And he's like, now your DMs are blowing up from people trying to sell shit online. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> well, because like the, the when I got into the, the Facebook group, the rules were don't promote the sale of steroids. And I was like, that's a weird first rule. I didn't expect the first rule to be that. I thought it was going to be That's something obvious. else, but it was just so pretty much the feds would not look at the Facebook group page and they would get busted for where to buy the shit. Cause it is a federally illegal thing. But I was like, oh, yeah. dude, why the fuck you had me in this thing? So yeah, Facebook groups, man, are a thing of the past as far as, uh, as far as the fitness goes for me. It's, it's not a conducive place. Like if you, especially for benching, if you've been to an arch, don't even do it. Just if you're going to post your shit posted in a, powerlifting specific group and even then powerlifters are the sometimes powerlifters really piss me off because with the oh it's conventional that's just great oh it's sumo you suck and then there's all these guys with the oh you did it with too much of an arch I'm like bro just shut the fuck up it's in the rule book this is a skill sport yeah go operate within the rules if you can't do it that sucks for you dude now, now the dudes who do that kind of stuff, I would I would refer to them as jabronis. Like 
The, and if you ever argue about conventional or sumo, you're a fucking jabroni. Like, you're a no one. You're nothing in the sport because that is a stupid-ass thing to argue again. Like, no good powerlifter is ever arguing about that shit. Like, no one who's worth a yeah. damn in powerlifting is arguing about conventional and sumo. Same thing with the bench arch thing. Um, I, well, I guess, you know, Candido and Noriega threw out a whole video on why they should not have bench archers anymore. But uh, we already had a whole show on that. It was a good video. It was a good video. The arguments presented there were, even though I disagreed with most of it, it was a good video. But, you know, the the whole argument I, I with like certain lifters, like, yeah, and anyone who's worth a damn knows what a legitimate bench press is. But I think power lifters, if you take it above that, can piss me off occasionally with certain things and i'm guilty of it too and that's like deadlift bar pound plates bumper plates that kind of stuff like like well it was done on bumper plates or it was done with a deadlift bar or it was done with like a texas power bar i could occasionally be guilty of that but that's like some of the arguments that like powerlifters can be like would you shut the fuck up like why are we arguing about this right now like we'll see on the platform if he's actually able to do it but until then just shut up I think the only validity to that is like if if you're training under the circumstances that you compete in. If you're an IPF lifter and you're training on a deadlift bar, unless it's a specific training block for a purpose, whatever that may be, then I don't think you should try to get clout off of it. Yeah. Oh no, it would be stupid. I mean, if you're if you're consistently, I mean, if you just did it just because like a YOLO lift. Like, yeah. I want to see what I can do. Oh yeah, that's fine. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah. You're just training on it to train on it. Unless that's the only bar available, which I, I doubt there's not a power bar available. Yeah, then how are you squatting if there's like I don't see any IPF lifters squatting with the deadlift bar. Yeah, if you're if you're doing which is very few, I've seen that. But like, yeah, if you're doing that, it's it's stupid. I mean, I I mean I I say this, but I'm critical of people who use straps all the time in the IPF and the USAPL. It's like, yo, you know, you have to take off those straps eventually, right? Like, you got you got to take that shit off when you get on the platform and. Usually when I see it, it's like, yeah, those are that's the sign of a clout lifter is the guy who refuses to take off the straps, who is constantly only posting deadlifts. Like, yeah, you're probably, yeah. A, you know, it's, you know, it when you see it and that's a, that's a clout lifter move. The straps. If your top sets are always in straps, that's, that's a red flag. Um, also, if you're just constantly I, deadlifting too, like, <laughs> <laughs> dude, there's two other oh, lifts of powerlifting. You know that, right? <laughs> One trip pony, man. Hey, um, yeah, you know, like that's, I've always thought that was weird. Like you go to somebody's page and they got like six deadlift videos. They got just only squats, but you find out they're not injured. They're just, that's just all they, there's, there's one bench video. Yeah. Though that's like six months. Like, <laughs> yeah. Dude, we all have bad days. You have a bad week, sir. You just don't post it. Yeah. No, I, I mean, I've, I've had some bad if I don't post, if you see, I'll, I'll candid moment. If, if you see my shit go, and it's like I don't post all three lists in a row, I probably had a bad day. I was like, <laughs> "Fuck this shit!" Well, I deleted the video. I had a bad deadlift session last night. Got pissed off. Like, I don't know what's wrong. Whatever. We'll see what happens next week. But I'm not doing all my shit in straps. That's for damn sure. Yeah. I'll do my warm ups in straps. I'll do like after like two plates, I'll strap up because I, I got bitch pins. They'll tear. And I don't want my shit tearing on my top set because then, then it's stupid. Now I do have to use top straps. Yeah. But. I mean, David Wilson, I mean, Chance Mitchell's like the biggest <clears throat> strap Nazi in powerlifting. Like, we discuss straps at length. And there are ways to use straps in your training. But when I see it become just like your con- – if, if that's what I always say. If you ever – if you start hitting top singles 
consistently in straps, regular deadlifts, then you're starting to lose me. Because yeah, if your ass can't right. hold on to a deadlift with your hands for a single, we got a problem. Like that's a that's a big issue. Like that's a big problem. That's a huge problem that we got to address is you not being able to hold on to a top single. Reps I can understand, especially hook grip. Hook grip, that's my yeah. exception. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like if you pull hook, you want to save them thumbs. So you yeah. want to pull for a set of five, yeah, throw on the straps. But if you're hitting a top single, yeah, take off the straps, pull hook. That's the reason why you pull hook. Don't rip your hands in training. And if you're going to rip in training, they're probably going to rip on the platform too. So be prepared yeah. for that. At the end of the day, it just comes down to proper utilization of training tools. Yeah. And straps are just that, a training tool. It should not be a crutch. Yeah. So. Absolutely. That's all I'm going to say on that. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know what time it is. The heavily anticipated right. lifter rating segment. So we have asked this for pretty much anyone who's come on the show recently. For you to give your lifter rating. And remember, for people listening, this is not me giving the rating. I've been getting a lot of shit and criticism for ratings that I give people that they gave themselves. I didn't do this. I did not. I will argue with the lifter on certain ratings that they give themselves, i.e. Garrett Fear, Juan Garrison, I gave him my opinion, and that's about it. But the lifters are given their ratings themselves. So here's how it works from the first-time listeners. 1 to 99 on each lift, no hundreds on each lift. Then we take all those, we balance it out, and we get your over all rating we're going to try to throw in some extra criteria some stuff but we're in the beta stages right now with these lifter ratings so bear with us but chad penson one of the best 90 kilo lifters in the world on your squat what do you give yourself on the scale of one to 99 uh let's see so currently and historically i think so if i look at open powers i think i have the fourth highest squat raw all time mm-hmm. um so if i go raw uh let's see hey no raw probably give myself like a 90 maybe a 97 98 and i feel like i feel like if i go 98 i'm going i'm pushing a little too high to be honest with myself so that's i think the number one squat right now is an 804 that's the record yeah so i'll, I'll say 97 and that was done like four or five years ago so i'll I- say 97 I would agree with you on that one. If you're if you're within the top five, 96, I mean, obviously, 96 through 99 is an appropriate rating. But 99, like I said on many shows, like, I can't, if it's not the all-time, like, if it's not the all-time record at your weight yeah, you class, I can't give a 99. Like, I didn't give myself a 99 on deadlift. It's like, because there's one guy better than me on deadlift. So I would be a 97 or 98. Yeah, that's fair. But 97, I could I, I agree with, with your squat. But here's the thing. So I, we, you might be the first of this case, and um, I, I think other people might be a little bit upset. Maybe actually only Garrett Fear might be upset with this. But how about with reps? What would you rate yourself then? So I, I mentioned earlier I want to take the um, all-time world record squat. So... Currently, let me, I got to cheat. Let me look at the uh, overpowered that I'm going to look now. 
So currently, I'm like 39. Mm -hmm. But that was done like two years ago. That was a 750 squat. Um, that was a hard squat too. It sucked. It was painful. So I'll, if I use that, I'll say I'm probably like a 90. But if I say what I think I'll hit at the current, which I think I'll, I'll hit at a minimum 821. Like I'm going to probably open at 821. I'm not going to lie. Because I just destroyed an 804 like nothing. And I had a big double coming. So once I bomb out at the current, and I, I just, do, just do the minimum of my opener, that'll put me top five if I don't get my projected second, which I want to actually beat the world record with my second. I'm just going to put it out there, too. So if I don't even get my second, if I just get my opener, I'll stay top five, he said. Now, if I beat the... If I beat the world record and get my second and go along go higher for my third, then I'll give myself a 99. So I'll leave that one open-ended and just settle it with a 97. All right. Yeah, I, I mean, I got, yeah, I got to ask that because, like what you said, <laughs> you're opening at, like, a top five range and your second attempt can be a world record attempt. So that's where wraps comes into play. I mean, certain lifters who we do the lifter ratings for are going to have yeah. def different things, and I think you're an appropriate one. But I think I agree with that as far as raw goes. 97 is a very fair squat to give yourself uh, especially being um i believe fourth all time all right i and you're i'm in agreement with you i'll give you a 97 there so bench press one to 99 you know it, this pisses me off because I'm, i've benched over 500 pounds you know in training and i hit 490 i just realized that my last at the hybrid i thought it was 496 but which we're thinking um and that didn't even get me in the top 100 dude <laughs> for wait that what pisses me off uh, yeah, wait raw 100. yeah not even top 100 all the time how the shit does that work yeah so I'm gonna have to get myself like at the most a 90 and I don't even look at because the, the top squat's a 610 <laughs> that's the world record mm -hmm. uh, and John has 573 and he's number 2 so he's absolutely obliterating my bench and I'm just going to have to take that as a, a massive L. Again, John's just giving me L's all the time right now. Um, I, I, I can't get myself higher than a 90. I don't want to get myself an 80s range because I think I think a, a 490 bench with 500 in the tank is, is big. But damn, well, what, do you, what do you think? Well, for me on this one, because I agree, like it, it's you know a 490 bench, 90 kilos, crazy bench. Great bench, but it's better than my bench, for sure. What I rated myself, my 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 bench, I rated myself like I don't know, I think in the seventy six range. So it's better than that. So I would go eighty seven, eighty eight. Keep yourself modest, okay. but also still be good. You know. One more criteria, and I didn't realize this, but literally between the top. 30 is under 530 and okay. then after that it's there's like there's like all those there's like 100 people within 490 to 530 it's kind of that's kind of fucking ridiculous so clearly there's like if you just do a 10 pound jump in bench you can jump 20 30 spots in bench so you know what i'm gonna get my shit together and i'll take the 87 or, or 90 or whatever you gave me and hopefully i can improve on that at the curve yeah, I, I mean, I think, motivation. <laughs> yeah, I think, I, I, I do think an 87, 88 is fair 
for that because yeah. I, I mean I, I guess that's how like out of touch I am one with records that aren't set in USAPL and IPF because I just looked at your bench like okay it's it's sub 500 but sub 500 and 90 kilos is pretty damn good right but now I'm looking at the records of top three and god John Hack is too fucking good at powerlifting I get yeah, legit pretty, pissed off looking at every single record because it's now now it just affects me because I look at 83 kilos it's like oh yeah hacks in there somehow then I look at 82 and a half the one lift that I'm fucking good at and hack has a record for that too in 82 <laughs> so it's like Jesus Christ dude it's like give give people a break here and he had of course of course he has the bench. On top of that, he had two six. What the hell? Two sixty, two forty five, and two forty. He, he, dude, he kills the next guy in line by fifteen kilos. Yeah. Just lay it's, off. It's ridiculous. God, we need a, like a some sort of handicap for the guy. But yeah, after I because I was just under the assumption like you know five hundred pound bench or sub five hundred pound bench is like top twenty. But yeah, I will, I will, I will. As far as lifters now, though, that's that's where it's gonna help your case. Not, it's not always look at all time. Let's look at it currently. Currently, you gotta be top ten, right? Twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty one. I'm top. Yeah, I'm top three. Okay. Um, so that nope. that's cool. If I look at twenty twenty and twenty nineteen, I would have been top fifteen in twenty twenty and twenty nineteen. That would have still put me. Top twenty. So, the past three years, I would have been in the top fifteen, top twenty. Okay, you know what? Ninety. So that's good enough for me. Ninety. Ninety. I'll take that boost. (laughs) Ninety right there, because if it's within the top fifteen, within because I guess. 2021, we're still young. We're in the infant stages of 2021. Because right now, I mean, if we're if we're going 2021 rankings, I'm like number two. At 83s, so let me. Hey, there you go. <laughs> like, like, yeah. I mean, of course, I'm number two. Cause been like, right there's been like Stop 17 right 83s to competed so far in 2021. But yeah, yeah, I would, and then still, even with that, I'm not even number one. God damn it! But uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> in Noriega, I had to kick my ass with 25 keys in the tank still. But uh, yeah. So with with that, uh, yeah, we we can we can boost you there to to, to 90 if we're going based on 2020. Um, you know, within that range. So, all right, we got 97, we got 90. All right, how about deadlift? Mm-hmm. You know, I hate deadlift so much. And I, I, I know I say this, I say this to people like in my inner circle a lot, and I, and I think people are surprised by that, but I, deadlift is my least enjoyed lift. If there was a squat and bench only competition, I'd sign up for that shit in a heartbeat. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, with that being said, dude, uh, if I look, once again, I'm looking at all time. I'm at 14 with 793 at 198. You're um, you're also in, like, the 90-kilo deadlift is, like, the worst company to be in as far as deadlift goes. Because you got... Oh, you're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. you got Dr. Deadlift number one, which is, like, him and Jamal Browner and uh, Mr. Deadlift. The guy who didn't go through deadlifting uh, medical school, uh, Mister Deadlift, Doctor Deadlift, and uh, like and Jamal Browner are the best deadlifters of all time. And Jamal Browner's not ninety kilo, and neither is Mister. But like, 
Kayla Willem is in the same company. It was in with the same, and it's a 400 key deadlift. So it's like that's a massive outlier there because Hack is the next, of course. Hack is the next guy at 385. Then you got Jesse Norris. You got some heavy, heavy hitters in 90 kilos. So you might get a bump there as as far as deadlift goes, just based on the based on the crazy outliers that you're getting. Yeah. Um. So I mean, I'm 14 all time with pump. Um. I put 805 relatively easily. Uh, I definitely think I could have had AO4 at hybrid, but I didn't call my numbers, so I'm blaming Ransom for that. <laughs> um, but I wasn't greedy that day either. So, but based off what's documented, I would probably give myself like a 93, 94, at most 95. But I think I think 93, 94 is is somewhere I would fall into. I hopefully top ten it after curve. I gave you I gave you a ninety four going in. So we're on the same okay. page on that one. So yeah, I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah. So if we calculate all that together, we got ninety seven squat, ninety bench, and ninety four deadlift. It puts you at a ninety three overall. Which, based on the power rankings right now, these lifter ratings. Just under Jawan Garrison, <laughs> lower than the other underrated lifter, Perk, <laughs> and just under Sean Noriega too. So you're a pretty good company here, as far as lifters go, uh, with a 93 rating. Again, people get. I, I do like when we do this, and people are like, "Man, a 93." I'm like, "Dude, if you get a 93 on Madden or FIFA or any of these video games, you're like the best, one of the best players in the game." Yeah, I want that person on my team. Yeah, like, hands down. I like that's that's an easy one. That's a, that's a really good. I mean, they got at least a handful of stats well above like high in the nineties to balance out the lower shit. Yeah, but you know, I, now, I me and you both learn the bench. We'd probably be pretty good. Yeah, right, dude. My so if you figure it out, give me some tips. Because because you're all right, but you're so you're like you well, you said you're like top hundred. I think I'm one eleven, but it's like. Dude, I'm not even. I'm not even going all time here with the tested and untested side. I'm just going off the tested side. I'm like a hundred and fortieth or something. It's something stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's something bad. It's like, and the thing is, like people are. I mean, you see me on Instagram. I post my bench all the time. I bench six times a week now. I'm upping everything. We're trying to bench all wait, the time. Wait, wait, wait! Time out. Did you say you bench six times a week? Yes. What did you say? You cut so, out. I, I bench six times a week. Because, you know, it's not like I'm avoiding bench. I always post my bench. I always try to get it like we, we got to increase body weight. But, like, yeah, that's real. That's a sick reality of it. Like, squat's decent. Squat's moving up. Deadlift is obviously good. But seriously, like, my bench press is like a 73. I think I rate myself at like a 75. It's like, man, no matter what, I can't. I just I don't know if I'm, my ass is too small or just gotta <laughs> gotta gotta get gotta just just gotta get a better bench, man. But you're I mean better top I would kill I would kill for a top 100 bench, <laughs> like all time I would I I would kill for that at, at 82 82 and a half kilos I would 
I would uh I would I would sell my firstborn for <laughs> top hundred. Dang. Because that'll put me that'll put yes. me up there, man. That'll, that'll put me up give there in the rankings. Like three years, it's you probably get there. Yeah. I'm hoping I'm hoping by twenty and the end of twenty twenty one, man. <laughs> I don't got I don't I don't got three years. If I if I have a, end of twenty twenty one, I I gotta have my bench in the fours. Well, man, you know, um, I don't know, man. <laughs> you got any advice, dude? You, it sounds like you're lost for words here. You gotta give me advice. I, I know I've given you shit a few times on your bench, but you know, <laughs> only only good fun teasing. We all have that one lift that's holding us back, and clearly for both of us, it's bench. And I bench 500 pounds, and that pisses me the fuck off. Yeah, exactly, man. I'm just, I mean, I deserve it. Like, there's 74s right now who are benching way more than me. It's just, maybe you just need to spend a year blowing your back and arms up. You might have to be in the 93s. (laughs) I mean, that's that's the big thing right now. Me and my coach are talking about It's like, you just got to gain weight. Like you're too small. Like you're too small for an eighty-three. That's that's pretty I mean, much when I went from eighty uh, eighty-two point five to ninety kilos. That I got a pretty nice boost on my bench. Yeah, so I, I gotta got be stuck for a while. So yeah, so I gotta be like I actually gotta be eighty-three kilos because I'm under eighty-three right now. So I just gotta be like eighty-three kilos or eighty-four kilos. Oh, yeah, you just get to the point where you gotta cut like a pound or two. And you'll be yeah. Good. yeah. All right. Well, that's that's some sound advice. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm going to keep that in mind. But, yeah, we got your lifter rating. It's going to be on two white lights. Uh, we're going to have it up. I think 93 is good. I think that's a fair one. We'll see if the fans agree with it or not. And now to our last segment, we got Word Association. Have done this in the wild. So, Word Association, I give you a word. You give me a phrase, the first thing that comes to mind, your thoughts on it. People get so caught up on just giving me one word. That's not necessarily how the game is played. You can give me whatever the hell you want for this word association. So let's start off relatively easy. Okay. This scares me. Yeah, it's supposed <laughs> to. That's actually the beauty of uh, word association. Start off relatively easy with monolift. <laughs> Cheating. <laughs> this is, this is, that is the it's one cheap. thing. That is, seriously, the one thing with my whole USAPL Natty Elias bullshit that I completely disagree with. I don't give a shit if you could, I don't care if you could walk your squad out. I do not care at all. I think there's a bit of, there's a bit of pride that goes with walking a squad out. That's it. I, I really don't care, but there's also... I can't deny the fact either that if I don't walk my squat out and all I got to do is stand up and pick the weight and take it up and down, take it down and up, I'm, I know me, I can get pounds out of that. Yeah. So it's, in my mind, it's a little bit of cheating. Is it safer? That's, that's a separate argument because it still comes down to the spotters if there, if there aren't straps on it and you can still get knocked in the fucking head with the, with the bars. So is it safer? That's a matter of opinion. But is it cheating? If you don't walk it out a little bit, you know, if you can stand up with the weight and go down and up with it, you're getting pounds out of it. I don't care who says yeah. otherwise, oh, you're a fucking liar. For sure, but at the same time... To step with any weight, it's going to take some time. To, to but my out. argument always comes down to, 
if you can pick up the weight and squat it, you're a great squatter. Are you a great walker-outer? No. I don't give a shit, though, about your walkout. Maybe I'm a better walkout guy than a squat guy. I thought the movement was squat, not walking it out. And that's crazy because I've never never used a monolift in my life appropriately. Even when in APF where they have monolift, I always walk down my squats. But I... The, the, the argument, because it was actually a bigger argument like two or three years ago. I think, uh, oh shit, I'm blanking on his name. Who was, uh, who was the guy with, uh, huge Asian guy, Andy Huang? Andy Huang, yeah. No, no, no the other, this is uh, the podcast that these uh, have. Oh, shit. Who's Why am I blanking on this name? I forgot, too, and I just looked at it. Shit. All right, well. Damn. No, oh, I might have to edit this out because it makes me look like an asshole. But. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. Both like yeah. I'm gonna find it. Yeah, now I really actually have to find it. Actually, I didn't even. Uh, it was the broadcast. Yeah. Oh, it was um, uh, Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Brandon Allen. Yeah, there it is. Yeah. I think he. It like that. I think I, I might actually be mistaken on this, but that was where the argument was like started. It's like you're taking out the hardest part of the squat when you eliminate the walkout. It's like, well, yeah, but. That's not part of a squat. It's walking the bar out. Part of a squat, like if you tell someone to do an air squat, are they taking two steps back? No, they're just squatting. Like that's yeah. man, and you got an, like I, I, an unlikely ally, the USAPL dude, being like, I don't give a shit if you can walk out your squat or not, just squat. I definitely agree. I'm I'm one of the people who I'm going to use whatever advantage I have at the time to get the biggest amount of weight. And if I don't have to walk my squat out, I'm obviously going to get have more energy to squat more weight when it's time to do the work. So I say I said cheating, and I, I said it jokingly because if you if you got a monolith and you can use the monolith, you choose to walk it out. That's your that's your prerogative. So I'm not a cheater. You just need to walk around her. Yeah, and that's cool. Um, I'm going to use the model every chance I get. So <laughs> there it is. But if you give me. I mean, I've competed with monos. I've competed with combo racks. I did. I walked out in the tribute. I walked out uh, at the first turn I did, and I'm gonna do this turn, and I'm gonna stand up. <laughs> so yeah, I love monos. I'm gonna use what I'm given to squat the most weight, bench the most weight, deadlift the most weight. Yeah, so. I agree. I oh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, again, you have an ally on my side with uh, the monolifts. Um, I don't know if it could be the Norman, because, you know, I think the, I still think the combo rack, though, if we're going based on equipment, is the best equipment being used in powerlifting because it's so easy to deconstruct. I think combo racks are shit. <laughs> That's why I don't have one in my home gym. If I can fit a fucking comp, if I can fit a monolift in my tiny ass garage, and hire a midget to, well, sorry, fuck, I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you can say that. <laughs> but if I can hire a kid or anybody just to operate the model, if I can trade my dog to do it, when Bria's not here to do Wait, it. Wait, why does he have to be himself. short? I don't know, man. <laughs> Wait, what the fuck? Wait, they can't, hold on, I don't understand your analogy. You have to reach the fucking monolift. It's not that high, I'm short, I can reach it. It's, that's not high. It's above five feet. No. Dude, I'm five seven. Dude, it's and base it's like, level at surgery. It's like right here. Okay, it, you're well. If you're going based off that, it's like five feet. 
You give me too much credit. Well, I mean, if you're talking about dwarfs <laughs> right now, which you just which you just went to, you're talking about dwarfs. They're like three feet tall. One of my wrestling partners in high school was a uh, a dwarf, and that's not true. He came up to like right here in my pick. Yeah, it's like three but feet. I'm short, so hey. right? That's like you reached up and did it. I'm if he could do it, all right. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, maybe you could just get a normal-sized human to fucking lift the same. Because <laughs> I'm the safer either, side. Either way, combos suck. But, but that, here's the know. thing, though. because Actually, no. I don't have a power rank. If they were if they were easily moved in and out, I'd rather squat in the power rank. Yeah. Well, if oh, okay. But here, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like, but based on your argument, combo racks, because you can't fit a monolift wherever it is in your garage, in your basement or anything, I definitely can't do that either. That's where the combo rack is like the greatest invention ever because I can put a squat rack, bench rack in that and I will be in competition use because it's easily transportable. That's why I love combo racks. And also, I don't have to walk out. I don't have to walk out your crazy ass squat. It's easier for me. (laughs) It's easier when you're weaker (laughs) and and these things, man. When you're only squatting in the sixes, it's much easier to walk out shit. Walkout's not that big of a deal for me. I mean, I walk out all my squats in training. I just got a pair of mono hooks, and I only got them to have a similar, because it's not the same, a similar look of a mono for the curve. Yeah. And that's the only reason, because I suck at walking out in wraps to get in the form. But to use the actual technique that I use to squat in wraps, I use that in monos only. I haven't actually had to walk out a squat since the first curve in wraps. And that's when I was like, this kind of sucks, but I changed my squat technique up, and I got way more rebound. But that's neither here nor there. If I had to choose, I would have a power rack. With a, I just put my power rack together in my gym today. It's awesome. <laughs> and I have a west side bench set up because I, my fiance is, is here. And she, if she's training alone, I need to train alone. Um, she can, and if I need to bail 500 pounds on my chest, she's not going to upright roll that shit, so it's safer for me to know. And I just, I, I feel safer in, in some type of cage than a, than a combo. Um, yeah, I mean, the face savers are pretty good. Yeah. The I mean, one, the one that I have seen, as far as combo racks go, the rogue combo rack, that could handle a lot of bailed squats, and obviously with that, it's yeah, that thing is, I mean... I, I would have bought one, but it's never in stock. Like, no, like well, it's... Else on Rome's website, but it's hard, and that shit, and the, but, like, you're talking about monoliths getting into your garage or something, that thing's hard to transport. It's big. It's not, it's not low, you can't put in your truck. Like a, like a ghost combo like rack? So. Yeah, like a ghost combo rack, you can put that in your truck and transport it meat to meat. You can't do that with a Rogue. You gotta get a trailer set up for that one, so, yeah, I... And but the, I mean like but I do feel that that is my favorite combo rack is the rogue one, um, that and that and TSS ones, but okay we all we we that was a pretty solid first word association because we got in a lot of <laughs> odd arguments there, uh raps. Fuck dude, I hate raps too. I'm not even gonna say cheating. I'm gonna say. Technically, okay. And uh, and this is this is just an opinion thing based off somebody who doesn't squat reps a lot. But 
Um, I don't think you need to squat and reps a lot to be good at squatting and reps. I also don't think you need to be doing more than three to four reps in, in reps when squatting. At that point, I kind of think you're just, I don't know, overdoing it or just kind of rapping to be rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, uh, if you want a big rap squat, you need a big raw squat. And to build on that, you need to have practice in the technique, in the reps, especially for people who don't squat and reps a lot. Uh, for people who squat and reps all the time who just compete classic raw, this might be the complete opposite. So they, this may not apply. But for a person in, in who competes raw primarily and you're going to transition to reps, I don't think you need a lot of reps in reps. I don't think you need a shit ton of volume by reps. I think you need a shit ton of one, two, threes. You know, I think you need triples, doubles, singles. You need to learn how to load the reps, how to come out of the hole in reps, how to rap if you're rapping yourself what's comfortable and things like that. And especially if you don't rap a lot, it's something that you need to get comfortable with all over again. Mm-hmm. And that's me every single year the current comes around because I don't do any other meat and rap. I'm just like, all right, fuck, how do I want to, I don't want to rap now. Am I going to still squat wide? Am I going to do this? So I might change my rap technique up, how I squat and raps this year now that I have a rack in my house and uh, model attachments. I might start squatting narrow and see if I can get more carryover with squatting wide. Um, but raps, man, they fu- I fucking hate raps. They, they're they not comfortable. They're definitely cheating to a degree because holy shit, like, I just squat 804 and it felt like there was nothing on my back. I picked that shit out of the rack, dude, and I, I almost laughed. <laughs> it, it was comical to a degree. I went down, came up, and I was like, shit, I should have took that for three. <laughs> I wanted to go up and wait. Like, I even told him, I was like, damn, I should have, I should probably go up, but this is what I this is what I had planned for the day, so I stopped. Like I told you earlier, I gave myself a range, I hit that range, I'm done for the day. That day I just kinda wish I had a bigger range. <laughs> but raps, man, I know I said cheating earlier, raps are definitely fucking cheating, but the overload you get from them after uh, uh, blocking training and raps, I think are awesome because you handled so much heavier weight. If your rap technique is pretty similar to your to your sleeve technique. You can probably go in the gym and hit a sleeve PR right after that. Mm. It's going to probably feel like shit, but it's going to also be a lot heavier. Like, I, I squat 705 the first time in sleeves right after the current I did in uh, the first current I did in 2019, whatever the last current was. I did, I think I squat 730 in, in wraps that, that year. And then I went home and I just, three days after, I was like, fuck it, let's see what I can do in sleeves. Cause I got bored being at home. I don't advise anybody else to do that, but went maxed out, hit 705. It was a grind from hell, but shit. The thing before that, the most I hit was like maybe 660, 650. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So, good, good training tool, fucking painful, a learning curve, but overrated. I hate raps. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that might have been the it. most in depth raps talk we've ever had on Two White Lights. Uh, I have a very opinionated view on raps. Yeah, you so. do. Like extreme. That, that went that went a lot of ways because you first started off like hating them and talked about how they're cheating and how beneficial they are. But yeah, man. I mean, I I, I do have to agree with everything you said, and that's actually a good lesson for me because I don't know what the hell to do with raps. Uh, you know, never never been in them. Never. I'm not gonna say never will be in them, but definitely not. They're, within they're 2021, fun. I'll be in them. 
I mean, actually, I'm doing I'm doing USPA meet. That's the best overall lifter gets the, you know the. It doesn't matter if you're raw or raw classic. It's who has the best Wilks. Well, are you are you doing Garrett's meet? No. Oh, I'm doing power surge. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, the one I told I you. I actually about. wanted to do that, but <laughs> yeah, the travel man. It's no, right after, don't because right you're doing showdown in yeah. September, like. That was, that actually, with that meet, Power Surge, like, the showdown, granted, it didn't, it didn't mess anything up for any, like, lifters, because it, it's a showdown, and Power Surge is kind of like the Midwest, uh, you know, trying to make something in the Midwest, for, like, Midwest lifters, but, yeah, yeah I wouldn't say, like, if the showdown didn't exist, and based on, like, all the invites that Sergio was sending out to lifters, that could have been really big. That could have been huge, like as far and all the people that I wanted to see compete in it, like like yeah, I'll compete in it. I mean, I mean, we don't have anything going on in October anymore. USAPL lifters, uh, none of us yeah. want to compete at IPF Worlds because it's in Belarus, and even if you win, I if you even if you win nationals, people are like shit. I don't want to go to Belarus again. Like, that. <laughs> like it's like that's a that's a shitty place to go right now. No offense to all of our uh, Belarusian lifters right now, but. Our viewers uh, that are definitely lifting in uh, Belarusa, but yeah, it's not a great place to go. But yeah, like if the showdown wasn't happening, I would that that meet would have been big. But yeah, the I, I know that would have been a conflict for you. But yeah, like I said, it's gonna be a raw with it's it's a raw with wraps meet. Um, so I'm like pondering if I should get in wraps, but I already signed up raw and. I'm just thinking to myself, like, is it the wise? Is it the most wise thing to do as far as my longevity and my career goes? It's powerlifting, and I just don't know. That's it. I just don't uh, know. I don't. I don't think reps would would hurt you. Now there are cases where I've seen people, you know, pop some shit in their hammies or mm-hmm. whatever, uh, or hurt their knees or, or some shit like that. I think that's why uh, John doesn't do reps either, but. Uh, as long as you're not wrapping too tight or anything like that, you, you probably would be okay. Um, they usually, most people feel like they're a lot safer. Um, I don't understand that. For reps, but I don't understand why people think they're safer. I don't get that. I don't get that argument. I think it's the casting effect and just having all that shit wrapped in. It's like a super beastly, essentially, just in layers. Yeah, but then you overload so weight. Kind of stuck in one spot. But then that, you, that is another thing. <laughs> it's, it's like if I was planning on squatting like three fifty at the meet, then yeah, I guess it's safer. But the reason why I'm putting on wraps is not to squat my raw squat; it's to squat something heavier than my raw squat. So yeah, that's where, that's where I get like the only reason I put on wraps is to help myself to win because you know, let's face it, if I'm still going to that meet raw. It's gonna be really hard to win. I'm not, I ain't no John Hack who can win shit, you know, with sleeves. Uh, <laughs> even, even at a lower, like even like not at the Kern, not at the Showdown. I mean, you know, Showdowns are raw meat, but like hybrid or anything, I, I can't win shit on on sleeves alone. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I got a lot of time. I'm not even focused on that right now because I got Raw Nationals coming up. But I was this close to doing that meet, man. But because I wanted to do it in wraps too, but I just. Yeah, it was. It didn't have shit to do with the showdown meet because I don't mind doing meets back to back. That's crazy though, man. That is such a quick turnaround. <laughs> That's nuts. Yeah, I mean, I'm basically doing it now. It's just it, it's it's kind of fun. In one hand, it's kind of like okay, well, I know what I just did a few weeks ago, so I can just main, if I maintain my peak just fine, I can adjust my numbers, make smarter attempts, 
and boost my tone a little bit. And if I throw raps on, boom, that's more weight on my squat. Yeah. And the only thing, the only reason I didn't do it is I just couldn't swing the travel calls, man. Yeah, I so understand that too. It would have been for that, bro. I'd have signed up in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, like, uh, and also, yeah, like, because uh, showdowns in Missouri. That one's in Illinois. Like, if you're not in the Midwest, it's a hard travel for anyone. South, yeah, east, like, west. You know, it's it's. Uh, Brad's and I'm psyched because I'm a Midwest guy. So seeing more meets in the, the Midwest. These are cheaper than they are here. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, it would have been it would have been nice to see you at Power Surge. Maybe uh maybe 2022. I'll get that. I'll I'll make sure your invite gets sent. Thank you. No matter what. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll uh, definitely tell Sergio to get you in there because uh, I would like to see you compete at that meet. All right, let's see. We got those some those actually some uh, for two word associations. That was some solid convos we got going. All right, how about John Hack? Uh, probably the first thing that comes in my head with John is is rival. I don't. I don't know if he sees me as a rival. It might be this might I'm gonna make an anime reference, but it's Oh, thanks, man. Okay. Thanks. Cool. Do it. <laughs> I'm gonna do it for the fans. Yeah, do it for no, the uh, fans. There's always some crazy shit in the anime where like, oh I'll pick you as a rival, and the other guy's like, I don't even know who the fuck you are. It's funny shit. <laughs> is, that, um, is that what anime is? <laughs> there's, there's always some shit like that. Like uh, if anybody on this watching this watches uh what's it, I think it's Black Clover, there's um there's a dude on there named Askin. There's like three people that call him his wife or some shit. It's funny as shit. But they get off on it. I mean, it's crazy. But uh, for John, I look at John is definitely the, the one person I'm chasing, obviously. There's nobody else to chase um, at this point. But he he's my he's my rival, you know. He's the number one guy in two-way classes at this moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and arguably the greatest powerlifter right now, uh, pound for pound, um, besides Dan Bale, if you base it off Wilkes. I think he has the highest dot score at the moment. Um, like can't confirm. Up. You might have open problems to pull up. Yeah, I got um, it. I got but it. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the dude, the dude is, he's, he's funny <laughs> too. Like beyond the memes, he, he's funny in person. Like he's, he's a funny dude. He's, he's, but he's really chill. I think people probably try to run up to John. Probably, he probably gets fan fanboy attacks all the time when he goes places and shit. But he, he's just a really he's really chill. He kind of kind of reminds me of myself, except I'm not popular like that. Um, I post shittier memes than him, but uh, <laughs> I'm also pretty just chill. Like I'm just in the cut chilling, and that's John. Except he's like famous, and yeah, he's like a famous guy. Who knows he's famous, but also doesn't know he's famous. Yeah, man. Obscurely famous to a niche community. <laughs> Nobody in the mall would know he's famous, but then there's just some random guy running up on a like, hot topic or some shit. Like, oh my God, it's John Hack. <laughs> and he wants to take a picture. Yeah, if it was Hot Topic. That's it was, John's fame. Yeah, if it was Hot Topic, probably it was Gage running out of it. I think he only shops at uh, <laughs> Hot Topic. <laughs> Because his uh, clothing store that he, he lives at is Hot Topic and Hot Rags. But, uh, yeah, man, I agree. I agree, man. I, I I think I shared the story on Two White Lights before, like, my first time meeting John Hack. So I won't I won't bore the listeners more with, like, that same story. But, like, I, I said it, I think, with Steve, just on a regular show, that it almost upsets me that he's also really funny and cool. 
because it's like, and his memes are funny because it's like, is this motherfucker better than me in every little thing that I do? Like, cause I'm like, I make memes and shit. I post them then like, like, okay, I'm the funny guy in powerlifting. Then John Hack is also funnier than me and he holds all the records too. Like, dude, like pick a thing to suck at. Like, he doesn't have better hair than you, though, so... Go, oh, very good point. All right, yeah. All right, thanks, thanks Chad. Hair. I have a stronger squat. We're beating him at something, so. Yeah, this guy... You know what? Thanks, Chad. You're right. I, I do have much nicer yeah. hair than him. He has pretty normal white guy hair, so... Yeah. Suck it, John. Yeah. Yeah, take that. <laughs> take that, John. I would also still like you to come on the show, so I'm not going to throw too many insults your way. But, <laughs> yeah, take that. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everything that you said. Like, um, yeah, humble dude too. Like, I did. Even, I was talking. Like, it was funny because we were talking about like uh, people asking to take pictures. Like, and when that happens. Yeah. And then I like I, I like looked at him like it's still pretty awesome though, right? He's like, yeah, I'm not gonna lie, it's pretty fucking sweet when somebody asks to take pictures with you. I'm like, yeah, like it happened like once to me, and I'm like, what? I'm like, this is the. I'm like, I'm not even gonna pretend like I hate this right now. This is like the coolest yeah. moment of my life. <laughs> it's happened like three or four times for me, and it, it it's great. It's also annoying because it's it's not annoying when people do it. It's actually annoying for a completely different reason. So my fiance will be like in the cut, like looking at me and like giggling mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. And then as soon as they leave, she's like, "How's it feel?" And I'm just like, oh, "Come on, man, don't make it more weird." Yeah, I know that feeling. Yeah, now, I'm not famous like that, but it's every now and then some somebody will be like, "Oh, hey, what's up, man? Take a picture." I'm like, "All right, cool." And then the picture will fuck up or some shit, and I'll look stupid. And she'll just giggle about it. It's like, wait, I never want to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I that, that happened to Arnold, where a guy asked to take a picture with me at a bar. And my girlfriend took the picture, and then, you know, I had to deal with her jokes the entire night of, like, oh, shit, I- I'm sharing an Uber with a celebrity. Like, yeah, yeah, that's it right there. That's the energy. Yeah, yeah. You have to pretend right, to be humble. Why we love them. And not blush. <laughs> well, and then, yeah, yeah, you have to pretend to be humble and not blush as they do it. So, yeah, man, that's, that's, some, that's some good insight there. Uh, how about Dan Bell? Oh, Dan, man. Fucking monster. Dan is, is a monster. Um, I, so, uh, just recently got on, got sponsored by Zone, uh, Smelling Salts. Um, and Dan's on the team, too. So I get to interact with him a little bit more. Now, but Dan, I've only actually met him, like, once. And that was at Hybrid. Um, not much of an interaction, but the dude, the dude is really, really chill. Mm-hmm. And to be just a fucking monster in in the sport is just it's kind of, kind of like kind of like John, you know, John's super chill and humble, but you got Dan. Well, I'm gonna just say it. Dan's cooler than John. <laughs> I didn't interact with Dan as much. Dan is just fucking cool. You know, he's a big fucker with a big awesome ass beard, and he's uh, he's ridiculously handsome to be a fucking super heavyweight man, and he's, he's got the biggest total right now ever so i mean fuck we can't get really any cooler than that yeah and we're zone teammates so boom yeah that, that pretty yeah. much completes Dan it is the goat right now there i just said it yeah i mean I it, it is it is 1a and 1b between him and hack <laughs> yeah it, it's 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 definitely it's definitely like that close between them but yeah i mean i never i actually never i don't even think i've ever seen dan bell in person 
Um, so I, but I, I, I'll take your word for it as far as him being cool. Cause whenever you just total something, then drink a whole case of Coors Light and be that chill about it is pretty awesome. He's, he's, he's also ridiculously big. So, okay, quick, really quick, funny story. So at, at hybrid, they were doing the weigh-ins. Gary did the weigh-ins for the, for the guys. And <laughs> it's funny cause we, we weighed in in like this closet. So when I got done, I was like, how the fuck did Dan fit in this closet? Because I was in there kind of snug. And I'm, I'm wide-ish, but I'm not like, I'm, I'm not huge. I walk around about 215, 218. Mm-hmm. But I'm bare, I'm in this closet kind of like this. I'm just thinking to myself, did he like way out, did he way naked like next to the couch? Because he, there's no <laughs> way he fit in this fucking closet. And I, I literally thought about that the whole day after weigh-ins. I'm just going to get in my IV like, damn, how did Dan get in that closet? There's no way. He's probably just out there just naked as hell for the world to see his birthday suit weighing in the middle of the fucking floor. So, yeah, Dan, Dan had a chance to really interact with him like once, but he was really chill, uh, especially with everybody kind of fanboying at him at the, uh, at the meet. So, yeah. But, yeah. Dan, Dan's awesome. Yeah, for sure. All right. Yeah, no, no, no surprise there. How about La Raza 2.0? <laughs> You know, for a second, I was like, who is that? <laughs> I was going to say, shit, I'm going to sound like an asshole because I don't know who this lifter is. Then, then I thought about it for a second. Like, oh, I mean, there's a lot of lifters in there you that, you know, no one fucking knows who they are. <laughs> this is true. I, I know some I know some ridiculously unknown lifters because of this, this chat, man. But uh, arguably one of my favorite group chats uh, that I'm in. It, it just goes zero to a hundred out of nowhere. And Edgar posting random shit and Omar <laughs> and Abe roasting each other and it's a good time. As far as group chats go, it's, it's probably one of my favorites. It's kind of, you guys kind of died down a little bit. You guys need to pick, pick your shit back up. Yeah. Well, I mean, we need right to, now. me and Gage need to get into a, a, a 90 minute argument. And That's all that needs to happen. Yeah. Like some more memes, edits, yeah. and then, then everything will be right with the world again. Yeah. But as far as group chats go, I'm, I'm in another one, and I think uh, who started this fucking group chat? I think oh Joe Joe Sullivan started the group chat, and it literally has probably all the strongest fuckers you can think of uh, that are going to the showdown meet in it. Like e- even Ashton's in it, mm. Sean's in it now, um, Yuri Belkin's in it. Uh, there's me, John Hack. Uh, there's just a shit ton of other people in there and it's just and the funniest thing will happen because fucking Yuri will come out of nowhere and roast the fuck out of somebody uh, he roasted John the other day and was like what did he say he was like why is DC better than Marvel he was like there's no Captain America and this is like 2 in the morning <laughs> or some shit and just roasted funny. the fuck out of it didn't leave so the rest of the day he didn't say shit else <laughs> yeah, it's like he he does that and he's be like, I'm gonna go do some Yuri Belk and shit. I'll see you guys later. Yeah, I'm gonna go squat 700 for 10 in sleeves and then throw wraps on or some shit. Yeah, and to finish it off, Alameo. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, dude. I don't think nope. Any I don't think anybody understands that. But for anybody who's kept up, has seen. Angelo fucking with him <laughs> on any comment section. They, they probably hadn't even fucking noticed because nobody knows who the fuck I am anyway. Well, it's but so obscure, though, that it, it makes no sense. 
It makes no sense. It's a fucking insult. I do it on. I did it on. I kept on doing it on the Twitch stream too. On hybrid, I just put LMAO. Yeah. And I, I didn't get a chance to watch the stream because they didn't. They didn't keep it up. So like. Oh yeah, that was pretty much whenever you went. I didn't say anything else aside from just constantly LMAO chat. <laughs> so, I'm just going to shut up to everybody. Why? I mean, it's not... Yeah. Actually, maybe maybe not. I don't know, man. Like, Because I think the, 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 the mystery behind it is so... It is so intriguing. Let's just keep it going. <laughs> <laughs> just keep it going. Like, hey, if for, for people going. listening to Two White Lights, whenever Chad gets posted on King of Lifts... When he gets uh, is on a twist stream, just spam it with LMAO. Yeah, nothing else. <laughs> just, just that. Just yeah, just keep on doing it. LMAO just, just constantly. Thing, I'll, I'll, <laughs> I don't know. I'll be really surprised, but it's be funny as shit. <laughs> yeah, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I had to th- I had to throw that one in there, but dude, we've been talking for a little bit over ninety minutes now. Thank you for coming on Two White Lights. Fuck yeah, man. That's what happens. People get so nervous about podcasts and they realize that it's just talking. I was a little nervous about the other Yeah, people people think like I'm actually an interviewer. Like I'm gonna like I'm gonna do things like I'm gonna ask you actual thoughtful, insightful questions based on research and inquiry. No. I'm gonna just talk to you for ninety minutes. That's how that's my interviewing skills. That's where it starts and that's where it ends. Yep. So but thank you again for coming on Two White Lights. If you guys don't follow Chad, make sure you follow him on Instagram and check out what he's about to do at the Kern, which is what, uh, April 24th? Yep. All right. April 24th, the big guys and I think the girls and lightweight men will be on Sunday, the 25th. All right, fantastic. And you know Two White Lights is going to be watching – uh, we're probably going to come out with, uh, I don't know about a preview, but we're going to try to get some more guests on who are competing at the Kern, and we're definitely going to have a recap of some of the big lifts going on. And, you know, uh, I think just like the hybrid, we're going to we're gonna be pretty excited to see what you total at that meet, man. It's going to be pretty interesting. Yeah, I agree. All right, guys. We will see you Thursday. We're going to have the final fours of our two white lights, March Madness with Steve Denovi. Thank you for tuning in. Peace.